Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Here we go. We are in Melbourne, back chat in Melbourne. I feel like we need a live band for this guest. Um, before we get there, you can find us on socials, backchat double underscore. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au is our email. Or you can find us on our website, backchatpodcast.com.au. Thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Whippersnapper, Shelter, Margaret River Roasting Co., Bluebet, and Leadable Cameras. Now that we are here... Kath Lachlan, welcome to Backchat. Hello. Kath. God, I'm honoured to be the first Melbourne guest. This is the first cab off the rank. Yeah, I know. <laughs> junk it. Yeah, that's actually quite, that's a good description of what this is. Now, Kath, we're going to get straight into this. Not, okay. not great on introductions here at Backchat. We just get straight into it. I like it. Ask the same question to every guest we have. Mm-hmm. We know what you do on the TV screen. We know you've had a great media career. We know you've done everything that probably needs to be done as a host, you could as retire a broadcaster. Tomorrow. Oh, you guys are buttering me up here. I'm nervous. <laughs> What's your greatest sporting achievement? Greatest. And it can't be on camera. So our question is, if you're an elite sports star, you can't pick your own sport. But for you, it can't be anything to do with broadcasting. I want to hear your okay. sporting prowess. I was actually a bit of a competitive swimmer back in the day. Right. So I'm going to say greatest achievement and I hate talking about myself on this, but it's probably semi-finals of the Oz Open um, Championships uh, in the 200 free. Yes. Mm. 200 free. Freestyle? I just freestyle? To, yeah, 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 freestyle. Stroke of choice? Um, yes, it was. 200 or 400 free were perhaps my pet events. I like but then I realised um, that I wasn't going to make the Olympics and so I thought I'm going to park this little swimming dream. It's been great. And head over to the States and do a bit of college and, and embark on a career where I can make money. Wow. So did you go to the <laughs> – so, st- did you say – Yeah, yeah. I went to um, Orange County, California. Really? And Ooh. did uh, six months there. And then got offered, just join the swim team as something to do because college is obviously so different to university in Australia where, I don't know about you guys, but well, I know there's a few Curtin University students yes. here. But I like just Curtin did, alumni yes, meeting. Yes, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would go to my classes and leave straight away. I did yeah. not hang around Curtin. But in the States, you have to get involved in college. Like you live on campus. It's, so I joined the swim team. They offered me a scholarship after the six months, but I was going travelling and stuff and then wanted to get my degree done. So... 
staying in the States would have added more study and I didn't want to study any, anymore. Do, so do, I left. Uh, all I can hear in my head, like I listen, I'm listening, Kath, but Oh, the OC theme song. song. Before I was going there, I had that on repeat. The Phantom Planet, I think, was the band. Oh, thank you. That is good. Have you ever gone back and watched the OC? No, but it I, is no. so bad. Really, when you <laughs> Misha Barton, yeah, Ryan, I remember one of them was Ryan, so like cringe. the main Seth. guy. Seth, Seth, Seth yeah. Sandy, remember Sandy? He oh, was my favorite. I never watched it. But um, did they oh, just reboot? Did they just reboot it recently or something? Is there a new OC coming I out? No, I don't know. But you you're definitely know. over my back shoulder here today, Dan. We, we might have to reset how <laughs> nah, we set up right. here. But I like, I like. It's this. good. I can just throw little drive-bys at you. So yeah, correct. That is good. So okay, we're, okay. You've spoken about that. Did did your trophy make it over here? No, I didn't want to break it. Okay. Yeah, I have yeah. A, a, cricket, a cricket trophy. Um, oh. I, um, it's, it's happy, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> I bowled five for 16 in a grand final. Did you? Um, and so. What, how old were you? Uh, 12. <laughs> it's under, under 12s, but no, it doesn't matter. I was, you can't, and you yes. carry that trophy around with you. Usually, sits, yes. <laughs> around his neck. Usually sits on the set and it's got um, the ball in the trophy. Like they took they, the, the game ball um, from that. So. Um, yeah, that's probably my greatest sporting achievement. Although we didn't win that game, um, I still did. I tried to carry the team. You know, your back can only carry so much weight. Yeah. You know? Sorry, was I meant to ask you your greatest sporting no, achievement? No, no, we just – just, just, yeah, Dan just likes telling that story to the guests. <laughs> Mate, basically. you brought it up. Oh, okay. Well, you told it, didn't you? Now, no, I tell her yours nah, while nah, we're on it. No, nah, yeah. no, I was state champion under nine hurdles. <laughs> Or did you win Little any state ace. championships? Did you, did you, yeah, very good too. The hurdles were literally this high. Like it was just running and just I had yep. long legs, so it's just like Yeah, they always <laughs> looked so much higher. Correct, yeah. The hurdles are hard race. Now, was there, were you born in the UK? No. Okay, perfect. We need to just make sure that gets off the internet. Charlie, there's, I think there's, there's some, some funky stats about me online. There was some People that says, think I'm right. born in May too. Yeah, I was getting heaps of happy birthdays the other month and I was like, it's not my birthday. Not, not generally right. like a Wikipedia type thing here, but I, like, I saw that and I was like, oh, I've got to ask. If you, yeah, if you're, no, but I do love the UK. Yeah. Um, so you are West Australian family. Yes. Decently big family. Couple of brothers, couple of sisters. Yep. Sporting family. Like what's, what's yeah, your Yeah, we always still, Yeah, we're all pretty sporty. And, yeah. um, you know, like, Growing up, it was the footy was on, the Tour de France was always on when that was on, uh, cricket. So just a sport had no rules. So, for, for example, you could always have the footy on, you could always have the cricket on, um, you could always go out for a run. You know, mum and dad were so supportive of getting involved in sport and, and so naturally we all just were competitive kids as you are in big families. Do, do you – I always wonder this with like broadcasters, do you grow up wanting to be on TV – Hosting no. in media, or is it more like no. driven by like sport, like the love of? Well, for me, it was driven by sport. Yeah, because growing up, there were no women on footy broadcasts or anything like that, so I didn't see that as a dream job because it didn't really exist, in my opinion. Yes. Um, for me, it was just I loved drama, I loved English, like I loved writing and and performing, I guess, on stage at school sometimes. Um, and someone just suggested you should do journalism. So I started studying that. But then had no real desire to do general news reporting. Like I thought, oh, how depressing. Like, And it's always negative stories, right? Someone's died. Someone's COVID numbers. COVID numbers. Um, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I'm still a journalist at heart. So sometimes when I see a big general news story, I'm like, oh, that would have been cool to work on that. Like, yeah. I don't know. Royal wedding, I love the royals, like things like that. But um, then someone just said, "Well, you're so sporty, you should do sports journalism." And I was like, "Oh yeah." Still not really knowing where that could go, but it started more going to 
to sport areas such as, um, I don't know, just trying to get up a work experience at Fox Sports News or 6PR Sport. You know, I was started going down into that territory and, yeah, started to find my feet. So what's your professional journey been like? So you come out of uni, qualify, um, do you work in Perth media? Have you worked um, you're West Australian? I moved to Sydney girl. pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, no, I the last year of my degree, so I got back from college in the States, had one more semester to go, and I did a week of work experience at GWN. Um, I did the funniest wow. story. It was... Um, this is like country, regional... Yes. Margaret River, Roasting Co. Great. This is right there in that go. region. Love it. I um, <laughs> did a story. So the boss came up to me on the you know the Monday. I was thinking I was doing just a week of work experience. And she was like, well, you can make the most out of this week. So you float story ideas and you you know come to us with ideas. So I said, oh, okay. There is actually... And the Dockers were... This was 2013. So they were on their way to making the grand final. Yes. I said, well, there's this guy in Margaret River who has hired a private jet to um, take more Dockers fans to Melbourne because flights were so expensive. So this guy was like, I'm going to get a plane. Great. Anyone who wants to come with me, come with me. <laughs> I think I remember that. And it was called, no joke, the plane was called the Fokker 100. <laughs> so I did this story about the Docker Fokker 100 and <laughs> oh interviewed this guy. God. And I found this story the other week and I was going to show Mark Howard, my um, colleague at Fox. It was so cringe. Like, I'm like, I think one of the lines is, all aboard the Docker Fokker 100. <laughs> That's and great. Then, and then the ending, I'm just like, Catherine Lockman in Margaret River for GWN News. Like, it was so, oh, so green and raw and cringe. And, oh. Do you know what the wonderful but thing about this is? We're going to go and find that. I'm going to clip this into a social clip. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. And I got offered a job after that. Very good. GWN. So you- so the Docker Fokker made the Docker Fokker started my career. <laughs> I didn't take great. the job. I ended up doing a week of work experience at Fox Sports News uh, in Sydney, and then that's why I took that job instead and moved to Sydney. Well, you've but, come. You, I mean, you've come a long way from the Docker Fokker. Then, <laughs> <I mean>. <laughs> you, <laughs> I've never told that story, and I've always wanted to because right. I like to tell journalism students like you've got to start from the bottom, and yeah. you know, going to regional towns and doing a bit of work experience there, or even you know, if I hadn't have got the job at Fox Sports News in Sydney, I probably would have taken that GWN job and and done a couple of years in Bustleton or whatever. But um, yeah, I always like to. Tell students you're not going to get your dream job just like that. You've got to start from the bottom and it's so rewarding when you do and it's also the best way to go about it because you'll make mistakes and, you know, you'll do the cringe stories like the Docker Fokker 100 where you sound like a child. But, um, yeah, no, it's it's good memories. Sort of like me producing you early days, you know, when I first got out of uni. We should... Pull up some stuff we would If you're going to play the Docker Fokker 100, you've got to pull up some (laughs) early days Will Scoping. I remember we did one... Remember, I remember we spoke to. He was like the like great talent, but he just loved. Uh, he was he was a bit of a nerd. I'm a nerd, so I can call people nerds because I'm a nerd. Oh, the TV guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just loved like TV, actual TVs. Oh, okay. Like televisions, oh, right, like the not shows, the machinery, the mechanic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. like we used to. Oh, we just used to do some great interviews. There's also ABC Digital. I also convinced Will to do a Christmas wrap. Um, and so, like, we like laid a beat. He like recorded a rap. Okay, the rap it. needs to be inserted into this podcast, please. I did, I did forget about that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> Very good. Is it competitive? Is it cutthroat? Is it what's the industry like? You know, coming from elite sport, that's what that is. It's cutthroat. It's competitive. It's yep. you know, you're, you're fighting for your spot. Is it the same in media? Um, 
I guess it is, but I've never found it to be that competitive. And I, I say that because when I was swimming, my best friend was my main rival and it was this consuming rivalry. Like wow. she was so on par with me in terms of we're both gun swimmers, we're both good at the same subjects at school, we're best friends. And it was just a consuming friendship in a way because I was always competing against her. But it taught me a lesson of like, you can't do anything about what she's doing. Like that, you know, just control what you can control. And I think it's the same that's really helped me going into the media game is there's no point trying to be like um, Dennis Cometti or Bruce McVaney because they're already taken, they're done. Mm. And, and networks don't want two Bruces or two Dennises. They, they want someone new that brings something different to the table. So um, it is competitive, but you're not going to get anywhere if you're going to try to be like someone else because that's already done. Networks want variety in their commentary teams and, and on their channels. So you've got to just stick to what you do best and what you offer. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's, I have never found it to be competitive because I've just kind of focused on what I'm doing. Performance pressure? Yeah. I, I just, I look at media and because I've worked across sport and media, I, there's a lot of similarities between playing sport, highest level, and being in media, highest level. And one of them is the performance aspect because it's a live environment. It, you know, you make a mistake, everyone sees it. Do, is that, mm. is that a pressure on, like, do you find, do you, do you feel pressure? Yeah. And I is guess that driven you, get, at all? you get used to it, don't you, in terms of it, when you're playing. Like, you get used to mm. that pressure every weekend. Um, but at the same time, I guess it's the pressure of – well, for example, when I started working on test cricket for Fox Cricket, that felt like a high-pressure environment because it's going out to the world where the world feed. Um, so Fox have paid a lot of money for the rights. They pay a lot of money for hair and wardrobe and makeup, you know, to make everyone look good. There's so much work behind the scenes in terms of making it, you know, 4K Ultra HD. Like there's just so many parts to it. So when it finally all comes together and you're there on air, it's just the final piece of the puzzle that you're like, don't stuff this up. So many people have worked so hard to get this product to this point. So, yeah, there's definitely pressure, but if you're prepared and do your job properly, you'll be fine. What's that preparation element like? For people that, people that don't know what happens, they see you on TV, uh, maybe, you know, it might be a five-minute slot or it might be an hour slot or whatever it is. What's the preparation element like for you um, in terms of both on-camera presence but material that's coming out of your mouth, from yep. your brain, out of your mouth? It's well, big. <laughs> brain. Um, you know, I guess you can relate in terms of there's always different sorts of preparation compa- uh, for what you're doing. So you'd prepare differently for this podcast as to if you're doing a boundary game for Fox Footy. Yeah. Um, for example, like I filled in for Jared on AFL 360 last week or the week before, I can't remember. You're also the first female host of that show, correct? Yes, but I don't like to play the female card, but yes, yeah, I was. Yeah, um, yeah that is an interesting – we're going to come back on that. But that's, okay, yeah. yep. Um, in terms of preparation, so for that show, right, I'll I'll definitely watch all nine games. Um, you're listening to every coach's press conference, interview around the games. This is, say, for the Monday 360 show. Um, you have to be – you have to have something to say about every game, team, coach and most players because you're not doing the job justice if you don't. Um, so that's a that's a consuming show in terms of preparation because you just have to be across everything. Yes. Um, you've got the hardcore footy fans watching that show and if you don't know all the ins and outs of their team, you're going to cop it. Um, <clears throat> uh, so... 
I'd say that's really hard work as well. It sounds like, oh, you just watch footy all weekend, but it's, it's way beyond yeah. that. It's like you have to pay attention and, yeah. and know what's going and on. And most weekends I'll watch most games, um, perhaps miss a half here or there, but for 360 I'll, I'll definitely go back. Like I went back and watched the North Geelong game. That was the weekend before that and I knew, okay, North had smashed, been smashed by 112 points. Yes. And it's Sunday morning and I've got to watch that and I wasn't very <laughs> intrigued. But I was so glad I did because it's, for example, lazy journal- journalism perhaps to look at that result and then go on a footy show and be like, oh, North was smashed, how bad a North, yada, yada, yep. yada. But if you actually watch the game and watch it closely, like North had quite a promising first half. There was some really positive signs out of that and then, you know, what you heard from David Noble, half-time – my point is there was such a story to that game yes. that if you just read a match report or watch a few highlights, you're not getting the full story and you're not doing North Melbourne or Geelong justice by talking about that game yeah. on a Monday 360, say. So um, I think it's just time of, of watching every game and looking at the stats, looking at individual players. I love listening to players and coaches. So I think after games, I think that's almost the most insightful interviews because yes. – they're in the heat at the moment in the game, so they kind of let their guard down and just be a bit more honest. Charlie Kerner, shout out. <laughs> yes, sorry. <laughs> I don't mind the odd swear word. It's good. Yeah, correct. Um, so, yeah, no. What was the question? Preparation. So, yeah. it's yeah, it's different for every job. Um, cricket's very different to footy. Cricket's a lot more numbers-based, stats, um, and, and the history of series is very important when you're doing a test series. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all very different. I do a lot of different shows and games and jobs for Fox. So yeah, but you, you get your system down pat and, um, away you go. Media and broadcasters get to games earlier than players. Mm. I've learned that, it's, mm. which I find crazy, but it shows what, it's such a big sort of wheel of things coming together to like pull the show off. Like, do you, do you realise that? Like, the, the preparation element is more for people that are actually broadcasting the show than the actual players themselves. Yeah, yeah. Like, is that fun? I just find it It's funny when you compare weird. TV as well to radio. Radio, yeah. the amount of time like you spend at work, you're usually on air for the majority of that time. Yeah. Television, there's so much time spent just preparing production meetings, hair and makeup, all that, um, particularly, like, Test days are long. Test days, you're getting there. Like, Isha Goo and I will get there for like 6 a.m. makeup. Um, we're on air for an hour pregame at eight or an hour and a half pregame at 8 30. Then you've got the whole test day. Then you've got the post post wrap up. Wow. And then you finally get. So, yeah, that's. Times that's, five. A lot of the test cricketers say, oh, I can't believe how early you guys get to the ground yeah. because it's obviously a long day for all involved because test match cricket is just. Is that, but um, yeah, they're they're exhausting days. How do you even pay attention that whole time? Because you can't, you almost couldn't switch off, right? You'd have to be, you'd have to know what's going on the entire day. Yeah, you've got to be pretty switched on and and just look after yourself. Like I always get to bed early, work out. I, I need to exercise to in order to perform well. Otherwise, I just feel a bit lazy and behind the eight ball. Yeah. So you just got to be a bit strict in your routine and. And uh, make sure you're prepared and all that. Like an athlete. And it, yeah, they're, they're, it, it, I don't know if it's surprising to people, but there are lots of similarities. Is it any um, 
given the amount of work you've put in over the last however many years, five, six years, has there been any memorable gaffes? Any memorable... Yeah. <laughs> it got to be, so, right? So, there's one that I've mentioned on it because everyone always asks this question and there's one that's... There's a Daily Mail article about it. I said... <laughs> I can't remember the players. Two players were fighting for the final spot in the Australia Test 11 and I said farting. <laughs> that was one of my first um, bulletins on Fox Sports News. Perfect. Um, other ones... I just um, gaffes in my mind are early day interviews when you were green and raw and just couldn't really go with the flow of an interview. You had your pre-planned questions and you were nervous and, and I do remember in Chapel talking about coaches and, and I, I can't remember the, the story at the time but I, I asked him a question about a coach and he just went back with me, I don't believe in coaches and it just stumped me. I was like... Uh, 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 okay. Um, uh, like, so those are gaps you might like. I actually cringe more thinking back to those memories than the farting, fighting one because I'm like, oh gosh, that was so awkward, Kath. Like, just ask him why he doesn't believe in coaches. Like, <laughs> is that, just is that, stand is that, there like a dickhead. <laughs> yeah, correct. Is that like, is that something like, do you roll into say, so an interview like that? Do you have three in your head that you're, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go this, well, this, and this? Well, back then I did. Yeah. Whereas now, now I still do. Like, if I'm coming up to you post game. Okay, I'm going to ask Will Schofield about this, 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 this. But I'm not so regimented, yep. and I'm, I'm listening to your answers more. And if you say something a bit strange, I'm like, oh, wait, tell me more about that. But when you're starting out, you know, you guys know what it's like. You're just, you're just nervous. You don't have the experience, so experience is key. It's like. Yeah. If someone had a microphone under your mouth every day, I reckon there'd be some strange words coming out. So it's when you see people in the media say a word wrong. Yeah. Like just think yeah. about how often you and speak. And everyone's like, it. oh, you idiot. I know. Like, come on. I know. <laughs> that was like at the, st- at the start I always used to kick myself whenever I would stutter or um, not quite say a word right and I had to repeat myself or something. But then you think, well, that's how we all talk when we're at the pub. Like yes. yeah. you don't stutter a word and I go, oh. <laughs> yeah. So embarrassing. Start again. Like you just push on. That's normal life. So yeah. that that also comes with experience. If you like, don't sweat that small stuff. Just yeah. If you stuff up, take the mickey. Like yesterday, I was doing half time with Jack Rebolt and Cam Mooney at the Hawks Eagles game, and um, I said, you know. We start with change room shots of like West Coast down by twelve questions being asked, da, 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 da. <laughs> and then um, come on camera here with Cam Mooney, and I said it quite subtly, but I said it Jake Rewalt, and then I was I looked at him and I just said, did I just call you Jake? And he goes, I don't know, and I said, hi Jake, I'm Kath. Like this is all on air, and you just everyone has a laugh, and then you push on right. with yeah. the halftime highlights, but. Again, to my point, starting out in the industry, if I had have said that, I probably would have gone so awkward. Like, oh, sorry, um, Jack Rewalt. Jack, Jack, Jack Rewalt is next to me. Um, <laughs> onto the highlights. Like you're just awkward and green and raw. Anyway, we're going to get yeah. back to the uh, the Docker Fokker story. <laughs> <laughs> it's I'm, also, pretty, I'm pretty sure you go. I was going to say it's also it's hard when um, when they don't give you much and you go in prepared for like, these questions and then they just give you like a couple of words and then you're like, shit, I don't. I don't have anything. I remember interviewing yeah. someone at, P- at a Peel game and every question was like, I, I thought they were like open questions and it was like, yeah, nah. Like it was just one player who did not have any media whatsoever. They put him up and 
I remember being absolutely terrified because they're just like, if they're not playing ball with you, then it's just so awkward. Yeah. It's different when they're young and yeah. and nervous. You, you can't feel sorry for them. If it's an older, experienced Grumpy. person, I just you, you just politely go, can you just elaborate a little bit more on that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Polite way of saying, give me more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say, I'm feeling very at home with all this WA flavour at the moment. Shelter. Yeah, bring it. Whippersnapper. Yes. Margaret River and Roast and Then when you just said peel, I was like, oh, peel. Do you miss home? I do. I love home. I mean, I love Melbourne, but I think just the older you get, the more you appreciate WA and being from WA. Could you do what you do from WA? Would there be opportunities in the media like there are here? Uh, I don't think so, to be honest. I don't think Fox Sports exists in WA at the moment, right? Yeah, we've got got Pav on the ground there. Um, But I just – I don't think I would find it as satisfying given the – um, variety in my job at the moment and, and a lot of that variety comes from the fact that I'm based in Melbourne. How hard is it uh, speaking and talking and thinking <laughs> with someone in your ear talking <laughs> and speaking and thinking to Some days it feels – so. most days it feels easy because I'm used to it now but there are some days when you're just having an off day and you feel like you're stuffing up and then there's a producer in your ear and you just want to go, shut up. <laughs> um, the worst is when you – for example, if I'm in studio and we've got – we're crossing to Matthew Pavlich and Justin Longmuir at Optus and a lot of the time producers will use that time to talk to you and say, okay, so after this we're going to go to that um, clearance differential graphic ask or whatever. Um, but if Justin Long, if Pav's asked Justin Longmuir a really good question and, and perhaps a bit of a game-shaping question, like if they're going to tag someone or whatever, you really want to hear the answer. And so that's, that's where it can get frustrating. But yes. it's just the way it rolls. Like you can't get mad at the producer. He's doing his job by telling you what's coming up next. Um, but, yeah, it's jug- it's a juggle. When you're in studio, the teleprompter, we, we, we had Nige Carmody in here um, doing some stuff with the Shelter Footy cast. Mm. And he said um, he does uh, work for racing.com and, and the whole first segment, 15-minute segment, the teleprompter was off the, the <laughs> yeah. entire time and he had no... They you know, had sneak, no sneaky to talk back to the producer. So he just had to rely on the fact that he'd actually prepared and knew what he was meant to be talking about. Yeah. How much uh, is being fed to you on a teleprompter? How much? It's nah. just that a lot of people don't say yeah. what you say. They just say you. So when I started my career at Fox Sports News, it was all auto cue really. Yes. Unless you're at the ground or at a training session doing a piece to camera, which is like 15 seconds. You just learn that off by heart. But now I don't do, I don't do anything with auto cue, And I prefer that because – you just let your mind go where it needs to go and you listen to the conversations more. If you had a teleprompter, like an auto cue, you you kind of feel like you have to go by that. Um, it's just it's just different. For a footy broadcast, you just wouldn't use an auto cue. Yes. It's just you, it needs to be more off the cuff and conversational and um, you just need to do your prep and know what you're talking about. For the only auto cue I do is AFL tonight because that's a news bulletin and that's more Fox Sports news. Yes. But for Fox Cricket, Fox Footy, no, we don't use auto cues. And if you're doing intros and all that, I, I sometimes I'll just write it down on a piece of paper and then I'm I'm pretty good at learning that off by heart. For example, an intro to a broadcast um, where you're going, you know. All eyes on the MCG, it's Hawthorne taking on West Coast and you do your little opening spiel. I'll just write that down on a piece of paper and then I'm, I'll just say it to myself a couple of times and I know what I'm talking about. But in terms of preparation, back to preparation a little bit, I'll always do that for every game. So Wednesday, Thursdays, I'll usually go through all the games I've got and I'll definitely always write an intro. And I'm a stickler for not using the same word 
close together. So uh, that's one of my bugbears is when someone uses, for example... It's a fantastic game, the MCG coming up. It's going to be a fantastic day. Yeah, and they've... You know, what a game for West Coast. They're on a five-game winning streak. It's like, no, what a game for West Coast. They're on a five-match winning streak. Like, don't use yep. the same words. Always try fun. And, yeah, oh, superstar player. He's a superstar player. That's a super – he's a superstar, superstar. Su- like, no, not superstar. everyone's a superstar. And Best ever. Yeah, just use different words. And, and I, I love the English language. So, that that's a nice part of the job for me that, I don't know. It is, it is like – Quite telling when you hear people just ripping out the cliches, like great footy cliches. Like the amount of boundary riders and so. Hey, don't knock it, hey mate, hey mate. Don't come with the boundary riders, <laughs> mate. And get you down there. See you mate, go. Come on. The amount of what? the amount of boundary riders that I've have heard say it's a perfect day for footy down here. Mm-hmm. Just like no come doubt, on, man. no have doubt. I've rolled that out. Different. No have something different up your sleeve. Like you do it every. It's week. hard, and I I spoke to Thank Anthony you. Hudson about this the other day because I think Hutto's the best caller in the business, and I, you know, was just asking him about his career and. And I said, do you struggle sometimes to find variety in what you're saying? Like you can get so stuck in the same routine of if you're doing the Sunday 110 game every week, here we go, Sunday afternoon football, the MCG, like (laughs) you can get stuck saying the same things. And and Hutto was just um, agreeing with me and saying, yeah, I I really try to mix it up and, and not become stale, which is amazing for someone like him who's been calling the game for so long. Um, so yeah, it's one of the one of the challenges of the job. I'm going to go back on the female element, right? So asked before, first female host. I mean, that is a fact, right? You say don't want to use the female card. Appreciate that, but it is what well, was. You know, as you said, growing up, there was no females in football. Mm. So you know, holistically and and broadly, like how, how do you, how do you see that? You know, traditionally a male dominated area and sport. Yep. What what what's What's your views on it? How, what was it like growing up? What's it been like actually being in the industry? Yeah. So g- growing up there were, you know, the Caroline Wilsons and Kelly Underwoods, um, but just not many females at all. Um, it's it's a hard balance, right, between celebrating women and, and women's achievements, but then also not taking it so far that you're pushing women to be in positions just because they're Ticking a female. A no, get the best person for the job. Um, and I'm also really careful of talking about this because I know that for your Caroline Wilsons and Kelly Underwoods, it was really tough and they they copped a lot in order to make it easier for women like me to come along and have a career in sports journalism. So I'm so appreciative of those women and Kelly Underwood is a legend. I love working with Kel. She has the best laugh, the most infectious laugh. And she is just, you get along with her like that. She's awesome. Caroline Wilson, um, I'd never met and she got my number of someone after I'd filled in for Jared on 360 last year and just sent me a text saying, awesome job this week. It was great to see you do that, um, you know, keep up the good work. And I really rated and respected that. Like, how nice is that to get my number off a stranger and, and send me that text? Yeah. Um, so I I can't speak more highly of those two women in particular. Um, and thanks to them, it's now really normal to see people like myself or if it's Sarah Jones or Chloe Malloy or Daisy Pierce. It, it's normal now and we don't make such a big deal out of it. And I, I just hope that we can keep um, – accelerating women's involvement in the game as we are, but we don't need to force it down people's throats and, and, yeah, get to a point where 
women are getting certain jobs just because they're a woman. No, it's the best person for the job. Yeah, it's a really good answer. Right. Um, the AFLW stuff, you know, the emergence and the growth of of that game. Um, you know, I, I do a bit of commentary across AFLW. I think I think there's areas there that I agree with you not forcing it, but I think having women commentators commentating the women's game makes sense. Yeah, just as it probably makes sense having male commentators commentate, and I'm talking about play by play stuff here, and and like insights and like I I would like to see more AFLW players involved in the actual broadcast. Of the women's side of the game because it is different. Yeah, it's it's different to watch and it's different to play. Like I, I actually speak to mum about this. Right, mum, mum had never watched AFLW. She What's mum's name? Jan. Right. Jan. Jan loves her footy. Like loves her footy. Geelong fan her whole life. Get I get drafted at the end of two thousand six. Oh, it would have broken her heart. Two thousand seven premiership to Geelong. She was a West Coast fan in two thousand seven. <laughs> <laughs> Jan. So, but she just loves her footy, right? And she who does she go for now? Hmm. She she gone she, back to the she cats. sits in the uh, hickey stand. Uh, no, she doesn't. No, she'll kill me with that brownlow stand. Um, about four rows back from the boundary, um, the interchange. Yeah, and often wears West Coast scarves oh, and stuff. Does she? She was she was literally. I remember playing at Cadinia Park for the first time, and there was just this sea of blue and white. Have you worked many yeah, games down yeah, there? Yeah. It's like Geelong, yeah, it like is, yeah. proper Geelong. Sort of like Perth, right? You and know then, whose home oh, yeah. it is. There's one person in the whole stand with West Coast on it. It's mum. Mama right? Jan. <laughs> but she that. had never got into the AFLW stuff. She just, I don't know, whether it's traditional or whatever. And I, I started working the games. And I was like, mum, just watch the games. Like, don't listen to me. She loves all my stuff, right? Anyway. I was like, just watch <laughs> the games. They're, they're, they're enjoyable. And she now loves that it's different. I think, it's, I think if you accept the AFLW is different to watch. It's not the same as a men's game. Yep. Um, and given that, I, th- I think it's a good opportunity to have the, like female insights on it because mm. my insights are different. It is a different game. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a question there, but it's more just yeah. Like no, I if you I agree. agree with you, and and hopefully, you know, we've got we've had Chloe Malloy, part of Fox Sports News. We've got Ruby Schleicher has just started, so I think there are more AFLW players seeing that opportunity to get into commentary and, and media and uh, taking advantage of it. So it will, it will grow. Um, but I also like when you hear, you know, we've got a great up-and-coming caller at Fox called Ben Waterworth and he commentates a lot of the women's games. And I have no issue if it's a man or woman calling the game, yeah. as I have no issue if it's a man or a woman calling a men's game. But I think, you know, the brutal reality of television is that men's games still do rate a lot higher than women's games. Yeah. And so like any industry, when you've got a, a men's game, Geelong Carlton Saturday night at the MCG, which was actually a ch- Channel 7 game rather than Fox, um, you put your best caller on that because that's, that's your highest rating product yes. and you pay a lot of money for mm. the rights. You want your best people working on that game. And if it's a man or a woman, who cares? It's, it's your best team. Yes. And so I, I think if Channel 7 or whoever put four men on a broadcast because they think that's their best team, well, then that's, that's what they think. But then I think Fox have the view, and, and I'm not speaking 7 or Fox, whoever, that audiences like variety and there are a lot of women who watch men's footy and I think they, they like seeing a Daisy Pearce or Sarah Jones or whoever it is. So um, it's a difficult one. I don't really know what I was saying there either, but that's good. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> um, what this is for. Just, yeah, yeah, I I think we'll see more and more 
AFLW players start to get involved in the media over the next 10 years. I mean, who was – well, it was five, six years ago that AFLW didn't even exist. So it's come a long mm. way. I think um, in five, ten years we'll see a lot more AFLW players in media. Also with the variety thing you have – I feel like every time I turn on the TV, it's the same, like, four dudes that are that are on the teams. And so having a just different voice, someone that just looks different, does make it a big difference for me. I guess, yeah, I'm pushing for the, the point that I was making before, best person for the job. Yeah. But then if I was running a channel, I also know the importance of catering to all your audience members and people do like – and. It's it adds a different dynamic when you've got a, a woman and three men mm. compared to four men, say. Yeah. And I think it adds a, it's a better dynamic. Um, I think it's also important. I love what Eddie Betts brings to Fox Footy and how he can educate and teach us more about Indigenous culture. And and he'll he'll say some Indigenous words and and I ask him what what do they mean? Like what's that? And it, so I think that's an, another important aspect to our coverage because we know you know, how many great Indigenous footballers there have been. Um, I was going to ask about sports coverage in general and, and it's kind of, you know, footy, footy as much as, you know, you work across cricket, it's sports. Sports media landscape's changing, I, I, yeah. I think, the last five years especially. Yep. Uh, the variety aspect, but how people consume things. Um, and then another part is the player-media relationship and, and I've been lucky enough to, you know, do both. What about what about you, with your interactions with players, with you know the way you've you've seen media grow with that element? Do you think it's getting better? Do you think it's worse? Experiences um, you've had with interactions with players? Clubs are definitely more controlling now because they have their own media departments and and whatnot. Um, we had Harry Mackay on three sixty plus last Thursday night, and. He left the studio and all of us, so it was Jordan Lewis, Nick Rewalt and myself, and we all looked at each other and said, how nice is Harry Mackay? What a, what a great bloke. And I think the main reason for that, and Geordie said it and I was thinking it, he used our names. It's such a simple thing. But huh. he, Harry was just looking at all, yeah, it's a good question, Kath. Um, I did it. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. Hmm. Constantly using our names throughout the interview. And so if I was to have any advice to a player, so use, use journalist's name. Yes. And if you don't know the name, well, you've got a media manager there. Just ask your media manager, what's her name again? What's his name? Um, it's such a simple thing which just immediately changes the dynamic of an interview because you as the journalist have more, I don't know if appreciation is the right word, but you, you instantly like them a little bit more because mm. you're like, oh, that's very polite. Like, good on you. Well, it's just how regular humans speak to it one is. another. It is. It's not it, – becomes a conversation between two people rather than, oh, an AFL player on this yeah. pedestal and this, you know, journalist who's not on the same level, you know, which can often feel like is the case sometimes, I think. Um, but, yeah, I think the – so the player media, it's very controlled now through the clubs, I think, and also this politically correct world. People are just always scared of saying the wrong thing. Yeah. And – all of a sudden going on their phone and seeing that they're trending because they said, I don't know, a swear word, or they said something that's not politically correct. Fighting. So everyone, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I think a lot of, there's a lot of fear in players of stuffing up and saying the wrong thing. Um, is that, is that, um, I agree. Do you think that's uh, a, a bit of a, because of the vehicle of how uh, shows, how 
things are filmed or yep. the actual cli- content. They can it's, be clipped up, put on yeah. Twitter. They go viral within yeah. the space of seconds. Um, it's like some some scenarios aren't comfortable to be in. No. You're like, we've got lighting and cameras here. You're used to it. I think generally, this is a pretty comfortable thing because of the way we do it. It's relaxed. But if you walk into a TV station and a set, it can be intimidating. Yeah, like exactly. And, I yeah. interviewed Jai Newcomb yesterday post-game and I immediately thought he wouldn't have done many of these. He will be a bit nervous. I don't know what kind of talker he is. Um, so I went up to him and, and I just asked him, how many post-game interviews have you done? He said, oh, one before. And I said, don't worry, they're easy. <laughs> like, you'll be great. And he was a great talker but um, probably was a little bit nervous. And so I just took that into account. I had a good like, little chat to him before we went on air and he was he was fine. I, I guess that's an easier um, environment because he's we're in the middle of the G. It's, they've just won, so he's in a good mood. Um, but I knew he would be nervous because he obviously hasn't done many of these before, but he was great. So it's just trying to make their experience positive. I don't want to make... I don't want to no. um, interview someone and then all of a sudden they're trending online because they've said something no. wrong because that will reflect poorly on me. I don't mm. want to make anyone cry. Like people think journalists try to get you to cry on air and <laughs> get this all-time great interview. I don't – like I'm awkward when people are crying. I don't want someone <laughs> crying in front of me. Um, so it's – it's you, you want to say to players and coaches, I, I want this interview to go well because it's my work. I don't yeah. want you to feel uncomfortable or for you to be reflected um, – portrayed poorly so um yeah we're we're in it to make players and coaches look good and i guess if they go to you know back to the club and be like oh man try to avoid catheter classes you know because <laughs> yeah. and so but then i understand that they some of them have probably had bad experiences with other networks or other yeah. journalists because you know i don't know so you, you've got to take that into consideration too have you had any or many situations where sort of speaking on your values there that a player has said something or something has happened, maybe not live, but maybe, you know, something that is going to be put together post yep. that um, that you felt conflicted with actually putting into the public realm or space? No, no, if, if, if no. there was, you don't have to give a specific example, but have yep. you had to make moral decisions around what No, you- I don't think – nothing sticks out to me. I did interview Peggy O'Neill once, the Richmond president, and she asked for something to be taken out and I just said, no worries course and it wasn't even anything controversial in fact it just makes her more lovable it was a funny question I asked about you know pick one player from your Richmond men's team and and one player from your Richmond's uh, female team to to go on a road trip with or something like that like it was just a really playful question and she answered it we had a great laugh um and then she's gone away and, and called me later going, actually, I love them all. Can you not include that? I don't want any of them to find out that I picked one. <laughs> so, of course, um, of course, I took it out and I will never name who she named because she's asked me never to, to speak of that again. But, the, of course, if someone asks you to exclude something, I'm definitely going to because I don't want to ruin their reputation or life. You're doing something this year that's a bit – uh, I think different to some of the other stuff you've done through your career. It's certainly no Docker Fokker. I'm going to say how many times I can say that in this interview. Uh, do you get best on ground? Best on ground. Best on ground. Yeah. ground. Russell Robertson, of course, it, the live so, band. It's a tune that I'm just around the house on a Tuesday and I'm like, best on ground. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and then I, I do the voiceovers for the coming up and i got to go in on a Thursday on Fox and film that. And because I sing the best on ground song and you really – I really emphasize the best. So I'm like, best on ground. 
And then I do this coming up BO and I'm coming up on best on ground. And <laughs> that actually said to me last week, Kathy, can you just tone it, just tone it down it a, bit. a bit on the best? <laughs> <laughs> You're putting too much emphasis best on the best. Best on ground. <laughs> just speak, Kathy. Yeah. 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 Like, okay, sorry. Coming up on best on ground. Because that's a variety <laughs> show. It's not yes. a sports show. It's, you can say it's a sports I'm, show. It's not. No. It's, it's variety, no. right? It's like a – I found the concept interesting because I haven't, like, haven't seen that in um, – I guess on a on a on a yeah, it's Fox Footy. I haven't even no. seen that on a sports channel f- for a while. No, it, it has happened. And the before. first episode is it was entirely different to what we're doing now. Like it's changed a lot. Like because, anything, right? Yeah, because yeah. you're just starting out. You don't really know what it is. And yeah, it was very different for Fox Footy because all our shows are hardcore analysis yeah. shows, um, except for Bounce, I guess, which is you know your family fun on a Sunday. So it is very different, and I. I was working the Saturday nights prior to Best on Ground um, doing Saturday Stretch, which stretch. was, yep. you know, pretty serious. We'd go through, you know, we'd have the odd laugh, but it was still, we'd talk about MRO incidents and like injuries. and Big like, moments what, of the round. What yeah. this coach said in the post-match press conference. <laughs> so it was a bit more serious. And so it's been different to adapt to Best on Ground where it's like I will go to producer perhaps in the early weeks being like, oh, Luke Beveridge said in this, in this in the post, I think we should really discuss this. And it's like, no, 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 we've got our skit. We've got our – you know, so it's, it's fun. It's light. It's bubbly. We're not going to get too heavy in footy chat. Um, and it's been really refreshing. I've enjoyed it. The element that I find, and it's just personal because I don't think I'm funny, right, is the, is the humour thing. I'm not at all. No, I'm not at all. And footy players, I don't think in general, are funny because they're <laughs> footy players. They're not comedians. They're not – presenters, they're footy players. And so you're on a panel with three footy players, you've got Mark Howard who's driving it, and yourself. I don't know if you're funny or not, but is that hard? No, seriously, that. is sure that hard? Well, no, you're, just not, you're not trying to be funny when yeah, you're broadcasting yeah. on Fox Footy or Fox Cricket. You're just trying to broadcast, yeah. whereas I think there's an expectation that there's some humour in there. Yeah. Is that hard? I don't think I'm that funny. I would say I'm more cheeky. Like, yes. I don't mind saying the odd inappropriate thing. Um, Do you have jokes being written for you? Do you have material being written for no, you? No, not really. Um, no. The skits are perhaps the only things that yes. are written and you've got to say the lines. What's that like, sitting around, uh, what are we going to, you know, uh, we've sort of worked across ones like that. We sit around, throw ideas around. Yeah. What's that like? We've- well, we don't really have too much of a say. It's more the two comedian writers and those guys just come up to you and say, oh, we've Brownie got this Brownie wants skit. you to we, scull we we a letter of milk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brownie has um, – he's impressed me this year because he's such a, he's such a showman and he's, he's one of those guys and you probably don't see it watching the show, but if Howie – is ever in trouble and needs someone to fill or just to chime in a bit. Brownie's always that guy. He mm. he can really read the play well and just has such a lovable nature about him that anything he says, I mean, he cracked a really lame joke on Saturday night, but just his delivery and his warmth made it funny. <laughs> You've made me think about a Jonathan Brown moment that's never been told. Oh, great. So um, Jack Redden uh, married yep. um, in South Australia um, to his beautiful wife, Amy. Uh, they got three kids together, great people. Uh, Jonathan Brown was there. Jack Redden played in Brisbane with Jonathan Brown and Brownie was there, which I kind of didn't think about going to the wedding. There'd be, you know, a lot of Brisbane representation, but of course it would. I mean, it's part of Jack's life. Anyway, so we did the wedding. Um, was out in the hills somewhere, and we had to come back into town for the the post match celebrations. Effectively, and <laughs> the bus was fine, but there were I don't think there was drinks on there. We weren't allowed drinks or something, and so it was a decent bus ride. 
And so we'd been on there for 20 minutes and I think, like you said, Brownie had read the room that we needed a bit of entertainment. So Brownie got on the microphone (laughs) and started like, he was doing chants. He was telling, he was told this like, like a footy trip story, but it was like very appropriate. It wasn't like (laughs) some old footy player getting on the mic telling some inappropriate. It was hilarious. Like everyone, every single person on the bus got off and was patting him on the back. Like, it's Jonathan Brown. Like, how good is this? And it was just like hilarious that... Like what? Like most, you know, big name, big star football would just want to sit and just mm. not be in the spotlight. Whereas Brown, he's like, yeah. grab the mic off the bus driver, like, give it here, mate. Like, let me he tell you lift, a few stories. Yeah, he can lift a room. Oh, geez, um, good. But he's also really humble, and that's why he's so lovable. I think as well. He doesn't think he's this, you know, that he needs to command the room and attention all the time. He just he just steps in when he needs to, and that he really. Oh, this is a cliche, but I was just going to say he really plays his role on Best on Ground. That's such a cliche. Credit to the boys. Yeah, <laughs> week in, week out. How, uh, how so, Kath? <laughs> Are we going here? Yeah. How so? Definitely. How We're so. going here, absolutely. Okay. We're covering this. Okay. How so, Summer? Right, this is, this is a moment of infamy, really. Um, and uh, coincidentally, it's actually now my slot on AFL Tonight. Effectively, yes. it was on. It you was, replace Sumi. Well, I don't know. You said that, not me. <laughs> there no. was a moment we talk about gaps. We talk about things that have happened on air, and I'm not going to sit here and you know pay anyone out. I just want to know a bit of insight of mm. how all of that went down. If you haven't seen it, I'm sure it'll be clipped together for this as well. But how so, Summer? <laughs> do, do you remember what I'm talking about? Can I just start by saying I love Peter Sumich, and he's yes. such a great bloke. Yes. And um, I actually ran into him after that happened. At, Crown with his his family. We had a nice chat. We didn't talk about it, but he's um. <laughs> I was going to ask, have you spoken to him? Because we've died. I think we'll uh, maybe next time I see him, we'll have a laugh about it. But um, he was great, and I really enjoyed because you would know when you do AFL tonight. I, I call you the day of, and we talk about what we're going to talk about that night on well, air. Well, that's why we're sitting here because I've been really impressed with you know you don't you don't ring me for a, it's a five minute slot. You'd think that Kath would call me like these are the questions. Like, I've spoken to you for like half an hour at a time. Yeah, like, I know. Kat's probably like, just shut up, mate. No, <laughs> I love it stuff. because we get distracted and I start picking your brain about things. Yeah, yeah. And I did the same with Sumich. And yep. so I really liked getting to know him and then liked chatting to him and doing those interviews. But this, this one interview in particular, so um, he had, like you and I, we had spoken that day for a good 20 minutes or so and he, had, he always came to the party with ideas and stuff, which I always really rate and respect. And um, he said, "Okay, right, and we'll talk about Fremantle and, and I'll, um, I'll talk about their game plan because I think they could make a few tweaks or something. Yes, I think tinker. this is correct. Yeah, tinker. And I said, no worries. So, like, he knew the questions that were coming and he was totally prepared. The problem with the AFL Tonight setup is there's a delay with yeah. guests. So there's about – and which is why I said to you when we started with AFL Tonight, I was like, don't really try to do the banter thing because it's just awkward. There's a delay and it will come across lame on air. Anyway, he, Wait a while, Western Australia. <laughs> yeah, so far <laughs> Coming away. across the cables. Um, so he had uh, – we, you know, we'd gone through the first few questions and we got to the Freo game plan one. And I think from memory he gave me his answer and I was just naturally intrigued to know more. And so I said, how so? But then he couldn't really hear me. I think there were some technical issues and um, I've just gone again with the question. If it was any other team, I probably would have just 
stopped and pushed on and I don't know what I would have done. But because it was Fremantle, I was um, <laughs> a little really bit more intrigued. Know. You're a Fremantle fan. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. And so I just kept going, knowing there's a delay too. So I was like, this is going to come across as really lame like for the audience, but I just want to know. And so I kept going and then um, his line was dropping out and then he could hear me. And anyway, I actually got off air from that interview being like, oh, that would have been awkward, but whatever, nothing you can do about it now, yes. went home and then, I don't know, had dinner and then just checked my phone and I was like, what has happened here? <laughs> what did I say? You know, just thinking worst case scenario, like, did I swear? Did I do something? And then I've watched it back and I'm like, oh, no. And I felt so bad for Suma because, I, again, what I was saying before, I want people to walk away from interviews with me feeling good about themselves and, and like they've done a good job and, yes. and that, you know, no harm's been done. Carry on with your life. But that obviously blew up on social media and became a bit of a joke. And um, well, yeah. I mean, it just, how so uh, still gets a – I still get people tweeting me sometimes. <laughs> how so? so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's great. Yes. I just – it's a, I agree with you. They're, they're, it's, it's a bloody hard job to do when you're – Again, people see what they see on TV. They see Summer sitting there. It looks like, well, of course he can hear what's going on. Like, yeah. But there's a delay. Maybe he doesn't hear it the first time. Maybe he does the second time. Maybe he's trying to come up with his answer. But there's a lot more going on. So I, I have some empathy for it, but oh, it is a very funny. I've got, I've got a theory. I'm just going to say you guys you. You know, have Summer and you know, you know him. I don't. I fully reckon he heard it and just didn't have an answer. <laughs> Because can we confirm with tonight? Because that? he and look, you, you don't have to say whether that's. The, <laughs> yeah. I legitimately reckon he heard it and he was like, "I don't really have an answer," and played the. Sorry, like because I've seen people do that, and I'm pretty sure I've done that before. <laughs> and you're just pretending like you can't hear, and you just hope that they're like, "Just hurry up, stop!" And then you, but you persist. So you're like, "How? No, how so?" I and, know. and if we were talking about Geelong or Port Adelaide, I probably would have just been like, "You know what." Thanks, Suma, for your time. I think we've got some technical difficulties. <laughs> See you next week. Because you, it was free. I was like, no, tell me. You asked, you asked four times. Go, Kath. And then you laughed, you laughed as well. Oh, there's just so much. There's so, <laughs> there's so, so much going on. Yeah, but like anything in life, people make mistakes. And if you yeah, have yeah, a laugh fine. about it, like yeah, exactly. not be too filthy on it, I think it's good. Props to him to just committing to if that was the bit that he knew that he could hear and he just didn't have an answer he just steadfast yeah I like, yeah okay, i write that that's a good way to look at it now a couple more questions and we're finishing up um future aspirations where oh where do you great question where do you uh what do you want to be prime minister one day <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sorry i didn't mean to yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, you could I, be prime minister i'm sorry i can't really see myself in canberra to be honest that's um, more the last part of politician right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um you don't seem like a politician kath Thank you. I I love my job at the moment. Really love my job, and I know I'm really lucky to have the um, job I do. I also just love my life in Melbourne. I've got my best friends from Perth who've all moved to Melbourne for their own reasons and careers. So That's good. got it pretty good at the moment. Um, but I I remember listening to an interview Sam Armitage did after she quit Sunrise, and she said. Are you meant to do the same thing your entire life? I don't think so. Isn't the point of life to evolve? And I really related to that. And some people are happy to do the same thing their entire life and and that's their passion and good on them. But I don't see media as the be-all and end-all. I really do love my job at the moment, but I wouldn't rule out 
going overseas, trying something else. I, I have other passions and interests. I love active wear. <laughs> I, um, I love cricket as well and, and I love what Sky Cricket do over in the UK. So um, I don't know what the future l- looks like but I'm very open to um, perhaps trying something else one day or, or trying, you know, maybe staying in sports media but going overseas or um, something like that. But I'm just going to – at the moment, I love my life. I love my setup. I'm very happy. So I'm going to keep, keep going on. Could you go back – well, not back, but could you go to like traditional journalism? Could you see yourself doing that? No. No. No more Fokker stories? No more Fokker stories. <laughs> the Frio Fokker. I just so started good. radio with Triple M and I really love radio. Have you? I didn't know that. Yeah, I've just got into radio awesome. and that's that's almost given me a bit of a new lease in life. I really enjoy that. I love podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Backchat, obviously, so, top of that list. Oh, yeah. Yes. I follow that show. I get Thank the you. notifications. Um, so I do Don't laugh Charlie Charlie's having a good laugh Was <laughs> that Charlie. funny Charlie? Thanks <laughs> I am funny You know before When you were like Are you funny? Are you not? I am um, No so I Yeah maybe podcast something I might delve into I don't know But I do I do like changing it up And challenging myself In different ways And radio has given me A bit of a new challenge Radio is fun It is I did I, Like there are aspects of I used to work in radio And there is Aspects of it that's super fun. Like we had, we had some good times together. We, made a, we literally, you did a rap on it. Like. Oh, you, you had some good times <laughs> with me. Rap. Yeah, I had some good times <laughs> with you. That rap has to be inserted into this podcast. Yeah, it'd be like, it could be Somehow. like the Louis Theroux thing. Whatever that stupid thing is. My money Not, don't jiggle. Yeah, there you go. Hey, hey. It, it actually probably like is on the same level. It was very good from memory. Very good. <laughs> I spent, don't talk it up because well, he's going to dig it up. No, it was actually very good. We spent way too long on them. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to break into the ABC. I was going to say we used the full ABC budget to build it. Zero dollars. <laughs> what? What's something? Last question. What's something people don't know about your job? What's something that people would not know? They they watch you. They, what What is something interesting that you think people wouldn't know about what you do? Whether it be good, whether it be bad, challenges, um, positives behind the scenes. Yeah. Question without notice. There are some interviews. There are some interviews where you, particularly the longer form interviews, where say I've you know arranged to sit down with Will Schofield for thirty minutes. Yes. And you ask questions, and the player thinks you know nothing, but secretly you know most answers to most questions, Uh. and you're just leading them into it because that's that's back to preparation. You don't go into interviews not knowing. You've, you've, it's it's all pretty staged when you think about it, but there will always be elements of surprise when you're doing an interview because as prepared as you can be, there will always be something you don't know and, and, and perhaps you think they're going to say something about a particular topic and then they surprise you with a different opinion. But I think perhaps what people don't know is the amount of preparation you do and, and research that you, you generally know a lot of the answers coming your way. Um, that was a kind of boring answer to that question, though. That's oh, good. I was like was it. there? Uh, I'm trying to think of something like else behind the scenes. Like, oh, it takes me an hour in makeup. Does that surprise you? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, there are certainly, as you're now starting to learn, Will. There's a lot that goes into television and broadcast and production. So yes. it's not just rocking up and smoking mirrors. 
grabbing the mic and smoking talking. Travis Cloak smoking mirrors behind. Yeah, yeah. Do, you, do we know that one? Do we know the Travis Cloak yes. ultimate gaff? Smoking mirrors hiding behind doors and closets and hallways. Ever heard of it? <laughs> no. Right. He just butchered a classic, classic cliche. Yeah. Moulded four together <laughs> and <laughs> spat That's it good. out. It was very good. My friends and I do laugh about that when you go to say one of those cliches like, oh, you can lead a horse to water, but then you don't know the second half to it. You're just like <laughs> yeah, waiting and, for someone else to finish it. it the fish you know? f- feed in the, the water at the same time. The, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do that quite a lot. I just look at Dan. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I always revert to a cliche when I'm trying to wrap up a conversation. I'm like, yeah, well, anyway, another day, another dollar. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> another day, another dollar. <laughs> Holy shit! All right. The sun will come up tomorrow. You've got one more segment to finish here, and I need you to sign off with your best cliche. So just put that in the back of your mind. Social media. I know that's mm. what you're here for. Social media. That's right. Not social. social. Oh yeah. Social media. Yeah, that's, that's what we like good. to hear. Yeah, it's very By good. By the way, what's your nickname? What do people call you? Uh, don't you know the answer to every question? No, didn't I don't. Say, didn't, you, didn't you just Scoey? Scoey. Uh, Dad was always Scoey. Uh, Scuzza was was Scuzza. one. Yeah, Scuzza. Scuzza. So at West Coast went through a, a period where Pat McGinnity was there, and he, he everything was Uzza. Or, or yeah, so Scuzza got thrown in, and that that start. Yeah, that's probably. Most common now. Yeah. West Aussies, we always add an O to everything. Very O. Rudo. Yeah. Are you Catho? <laughs> Do you know what? Hutto. Hutto calls me Catho because I call him Hutto, obviously. <laughs> He's the only one that calls me Catho. Oh, we love Hutto. That's great. Yeah. Social media. You're taking up too much time here, Kath. This is okay. a great segment. This is a, just That's a, a polite just, way of saying shut up. Kath. <laughs> no, I just, I just, you just don't get in the way of social media. It's one of the great podcasting segments of all time. Been running for about ten years now, where we get the people to ask you the questions. You've heard it from Dan and I. Now it's the people's turn. It's okay. sort of like Judge Judy, um, the, the people's court. Judge Judy. Oh, the people are real. The cases are real. The decisions are final. Thank you very much. Social media, <laughs> DX. <laughs> You rolled that off so well. Uh, the deep. cases are real. The people are real. The decisions are final. Do you know what? That reminds me when you you chuck a sickie at school and you would yeah. sit at home and watch Ready, Steady, Cook yep. and Judge Judy. Is it the Ready, capsicums st- or the tomatoes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was such a bad show. But Horrible. So, it was always when you were sick, you would watch yep. Ready, Steady, Cook. That's, that's what Ready, Steady, Cook and... <laughs> No, actually, I'm not going to say that. Scotia Media, DX <laughs> DXHAM1308. Uh, Kath, how do you think you'd go playing oh, in so the AFL? These, AFLW are, these are legitimate League? questions from yeah. listeners. Oh, okay. Hey, on, in, on Instagram. They're real stuff in here. This is real. <laughs> do you need me to repeat Do you ever question? fake it? No. And add in your own questions. Shut up, Kath. Just... <laughs> Shut up, Kath. <laughs> you do. Yeah, you nah. do. No, nah, we're not, not, not for social Media, but we have created some emails. Not on this show. I've just been honest. Dan's looking at me like, don't lift <laughs> oh. the veil. Do not. We've actually lift. never had a person respond to any of our posts. We make them all up, okay? Social media okay. is real. Go Every one pressure. of these people is real. Uh, Kath, how do you think you'd go playing in the AFLW League? Horrendously. I'm a little bit uncoordinated. Okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm pretty good at running and swimming and my endurance but uh, in terms of hand-eye coordination, yeah, I'm pretty average. Put you out in a far wing and just get you running <laughs> yeah. up and down. Yeah. Uh, Gavro underscore 543. Uh, did you keep the hairbrush that Robbo offered you? Oh, good question. I did. I just sanitised the shit out of what it. Is this? What, no. what, yeah, I'm not, um, what is this? So when I filled in for Jared the other week on 360, I always have a hairbrush on set with me because, you know, my hair gets a bit knotty. Same. Um, yeah, you know, <laughs> couldn't make it look fluffy on air. Yes. And anyway, so I had 
the brush there and, and Rubbo would just make a joke each night like, oh, thanks for bringing my hairbrush down. as just yeah. a joke. Anyway, Good. the last show on the Wednesday, he decided just to get it whilst we were on air and, and you know, give my hair a bit of a brush and then he started using it on his, his oh. hair. <laughs> he, 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 he flies just a bit loose sometimes, doesn't he, Robbo? But that's what I love about yeah. him. That's why I love working with him because you don't know what you're going to get. It's got like the run sheet's here and he's like, I don't care about that. Mm. It makes me feel more relaxed on air. I love it. That's good. Gus Benz, zero. I think Gus Benson with a zero. Mm, don't, don't mind it, Gus. Very Do you good. prefer commentating AFL or BBL? Broadcasting commentating? Certainly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not a play-by-play or, or cricket, But um, working on the sports... <clears throat> Everyone always asks this, what do you prefer, AFL cricket? They're, they're entirely different in terms of the job involved. Um, but oh, for me, AFL's childhood, it's going to footy, uh, you know, I've, um, cricket. Cricket was still a bit child, but ah, yeah, I struggle answering this question. I love doing footy in the winter, cricket in the summer. And when it comes to the end of the summer, I'm dying for footy to start. And then when footy, you know, that mid-season lull, you're – Thinking, oh, I wish it was summer and cricket. Yep. So you're going to uh, have to give us a final answer. Yeah, Kat. I'm really sitting on the fence, aren't I? <laughs> AFL. What about when Freo are playing? How do you go with that? Um, you become very neutral when you start working in the media. Uh, but I think if they were to be, if they were to make a grand final, I would turn fangirl and get very nervous. Byron dot Porter. Is flag mantle real? <laughs> I cannot believe how much this has taken off. Correct. You, uh, we, I, I put it in, no, I put it into the national space. I did, did not create. I did not create that. Oh, who that created was, that? It? Was with Kath Lachlan. Ah, uh, uh, so, yes. Uh, they're going to hate me here because they listen to this show. But there's uh, the flag mantle pod in in Perth. They've been running it for a little while, I believe. But there's a couple of there's a couple of people that we have some reciprocal lay claim rights. To it. Right. We do have a because gift everyone, for you in that. everyone thinks you started it. I, I know. I think that's your fault and Fox Footy's fault okay. because it was a bit of. All right, I'll but, take the blame. Yes, but reciprocal <laughs> rights. You spread it across the. Yeah. Can you believe though that, that it's become is. such a thing? And it's that, great to we, the point where Justin Longmuir got a little bit angry about it the other week because he was like. We, Hang on, let's not get carried away. He's not going to want to see our merch that we sell, Flag Mantle merch. <laughs> you don't have merch. We do, and we've got something for you today. Stop it. Yeah, Flag Mantle merch is just oh, not so It's just not with us right now, but we have a gift for you. Okay. And it may or may not be our Flag Mantle that. merch. That's correct. That. So is it real? Well. Can Fremantle win the Premiership? Of course they can. This year? I am amazed at their progress from last season to this season. It's it's that hard jump of being a middle table team into a top four team and they've they've done it so far this year. Yeah. I am intrigued to see how the year unfolds. Instead of can here. they, will they? Will they win the flag this year? Yes not or no, sure. please, broadcast. No, yes or no. I'm not sure. It's round 19. There's still a lot of footy to be played. Oh, yuck. <laughs> I know. That was one. How so? <laughs> well, how so, Kath? There's a thing called time, Will, and right now it is you, July. You, you shouldn't. Have, you should have given me that. Sorry, I, I can't hear you. I don't want to jinx anything. I don't want to jinx anything. It's so good. So well to this point. Yeah, but if you say yes and they win, you look like a hero. Yeah, I know. But Isn't I'm that not, better? I'm not about. This is smart. Bold. Can we okay. next question? Yes, very good. <laughs> uh, I would like to know that underscore J underscore Jaden's. Answer. Uh, which best on ground host is more into it when watching their own AFL team and who's the most calm? Ah. But in terms of when they're watching the footy? 
Yeah. Uh, Bucks is most calm. And I would say Brownie gets most into it. And Brisbane? Brisbane, yep. That's Christ. Yeah. Love that. But then Rui's very on par when it comes to St Kilda. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, Bucks is definitely the most calm. Yep. There's no, um, who is the... the You're not going to cheer for... Collingwood, I mean, yeah. <laughs> and he's not cheering for Brisbane probably either. I don't know who's the origin, um, the origin commentator that was all that was Thurston, like, no, no, yeah. no oh, Andrew Johns. Oh, Andrew yeah, Johns. Yeah. Livid, I loved that. Livid. I thought that was great. He must have been copying it from the crowd. He was uh, like emotional. Like, what did he so, say at the end? We, we, have to, we have to listen to your shit. For no, 12 yeah, months. we have to put up with the rest of this <laughs> bullshit for the next twelve months, and then just stop talking. Was like deadpanning the camera. But wasn't that great TV? Yeah, yeah it was good. how much better than the generic vanilla line? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we, spoke, we'll come back in twelve months' time. Exactly. We're going to try and beat him again. I, I think he spoke brilliant. a couple of days later, and he got really teary about it. He was like, "The jersey just means that's that the much." Best to part me. about Origin is yeah. the hatred and the rivalry. Um, uh, live underscore Floro. I'm just going to read it as it's written. How does she Thanks. pull up with the fellas? I feel like it would be enough to drive anyone insane. How does she put up with the fellas, not pull up with the fellas? Oh, How does she put up with my colleagues? Yeah, lives, I lives love my big, colleagues. Yeah. I love them. They're all... There's a lot of banter. There's so much banter. I mean, think about it. We get paid to go and watch the footy and and to talk footy. It's it's The guys are awesome and they're, they're such good... Um, they're gentlemen to work with too. They're always looking out for me. So I think, you know, it's... It's a classic case of people get ideas of what people like watching them on television shows, but then when you see them behind the scenes, yeah, you know, people don't see Brownie opening the door for me or Howie asking me if I need a, I don't know, water, whatever it is. Like they're all just absolute gentlemen and um, are really good to all the women at Fox Footy. So that's uh, something people wouldn't know about your job. You know, I ask you that question before and you're like, oh, that's not very interesting. That's interesting. People yeah. don't know that stuff about. They just again, they just see what's on camera and you know, ladsy stories because it kind of. It's kind of like when people go, "Oh, typical AFL footballer." So, like, mm. what do you mean by that? They're they're all so different, mm. um, and it's like when people say, "Oh, the media," they never get. You can't classify everyone as the media. Yes. How someone NSM, interviews a player is very different to say how I interview a player. So, I don't like when people use those generic. Oh, the media. Oh, AFL players. Like, everyone's very different. Vic 7 1 Leon. <laughs> uh, what? <clears throat> no, it's just interesting. Uh, how does she, a Frio fan? Uh, how, sorry, how are you a Frio fan? Are you from there? Daddy's little girl. Dad yes. uh, jumped on board Frio when they began. Off West Coast and on the Frio Medal? Was he, he like was, a waffle? He wasn't a hardcore West Coast uh, fan, uh, but he did. Dad owned a lot of pubs and. Um, he owned a Hilton Tavern and at the time when Freo started and, and just thought – and he always loved Freo the place. And so he thought, oh, I'm going to jump on board this new team. And he would go to the Dockers games every fortnight. He had a membership with my um, – as did my brother. And then I was just – yeah, daddy's little girl wanted to do everything with him. So I was like, why can't I come? And I started you need to get back. You need to get back over to the West because it's – Charlie's a Charlie's a Freo supporter. It's going a bit crazy yeah. over in the West. The, the lid moment. is off. No, yeah. it's not. Flag <laughs> metal. Candice Spag, two questions left. You've been incredibly generous with your time, Kath. Thank you. Um, how long do you think it will be until a woman will be a senior coach in the AFL? Oh, good question. Good question. It's hard to put a time frame on it, but it will be awesome to see when it does happen. And then, again, I'm – 
reiterating my point of you want a woman in the job because she's the best person for the job. So I don't think it will come as much of a surprise when it does happen because that person will be the best person for the job. So you see all these um, scores uh, scholarships, internships, I'm not sure that the program they've got where Daisy Pierce is at Geelong. At Geelong. Erin right. yeah. um, Phillips, I think, might have one. I can't remember yeah, who, exactly all I the players remember. involved. Um, Lauren Arnell. So the the seeds are being sown and the, these girls are getting amazing opportunity experience. You've got to want to do it as well. So clearly um, Daisy Pierce wants to go down that path and, and Lauren Arnell, and, and, but they need time. They need to get those fly- flying hours and get the experience. And um, so... If I can add to your answer, from a player's point of view, I think people think it'll be a big deal when there's a you know, women coach, uh, head coach. Um, I don't know if there's assistant coaches. From a player's point of view, assistant coaches, man, lady, whatever, whatever it is, assistant coaches are relationship people. And yes, there's some... Um, there's some strategy and skill element, and but assistant coaches, you're actually closer to the assistant coaches than you are the head coach, and so I think women in that role could actually do it better than men. Talking about people um, best for the job, like I, it would not, I wouldn't, you would not blink as a player, you know. Really? Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think so. Anyway. Do you know, it's like women add a different dynamic. So what we were talking about before with commentary teams, sometimes when I interview a footy player, uh, they might feel a sense of openness and that they can let their emotions out a little bit because I think men usually do when they're talking to their partners or mums or, you know. And females get it and blokes don't, basically. Whereas if a Matthew Pavlich is to walk up to you, you're perhaps like, oh, no, I need, that's, that's Matthew Pavlich. He was one of the yeah. toughest footballers. Oh, I can't cry yes. in front of him or I can't <laughs> let my emotions yes. out. Um, so it's probably the same with an assistant coach. Players might feel a bit more open and, and be able to, I don't know, relate to the female coach a bit more in other aspects of, of the pressures of being an athlete. But do you think – could you see a, a female senior coach – Anytime soon. We ask the questions here, Kat. But How so? I appreciate it. Um, senior coach, head coach, I think is longer off than assistant coaches. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the next like next year there was this like is, is there an assistant coach? I don't think there is. But just just as a player, like yeah, that that's the progression. You're not yep. gonna you're not gonna go, I don't think, from uh, maybe you know head coach and AFLW side, there's a few of those. Yep. To head coach, and I think no. you'll have to come back through yeah. assistant coaching. Yeah. Only because of experience. Yeah. Not exactly. Not because of men or women. It's and they would want that too. Absolutely. You know, if if a, if a Daisy Pierce or someone has the grand plan of being a senior coach of a men's team, they would know that's a fair way down the track because they need more experience. Almost all men senior coach, male senior coaches right now have been through the assistant coaching program mm. because that's how you learn. That's how you connect with players. That's why the, the connection element for players is, I think, the most important element. Yes, there's game plan stuff, yes, but that's just watching footage. That's just – you can do that. It doesn't matter if you're a man or lady. Like, again, yeah. like, just, it's just time. It's just preparation. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to have, per se, the knowledge. Like, yes, it's important to have done it or to, you know, being in that experience, that helps. But if you're a good preparer, you have, you know, you're intelligent – that that being an assistant coach, I don't think is too far of a stretch. Last one, also, Cameron. Oh yeah, okay. no, I was going to say also, yeah. it would, you know, if you went too prematurely with it, you'd set someone up to fail. Yeah, oh, you know, going exactly. straight to head coach. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. and correct. like like it's like when you put an assistant into a senior coaching position yeah. when someone gets you know sacked. Michael, and then, Michael Voss springs to mind there. 
he was going to be an assistant yeah, coach exactly. at West Coast. He did a he did. I remember I remember it vividly. Breakfast um, uh, event, and he spoke as the midfield coach. And then during that week, Brisbane approached him for the head coaching role. So he'd sign with West Coast, and then he went straight to Brisbane, and it failed because mm. he hadn't had that experience. And then yep. he goes away. Um, he clearly is an assistant coach across a couple of clubs, and then comes into Carlton, and he's ready. Yeah, because he's. Done the connection yeah. stuff, which and thank goodness he's been given a second chance because correct, yeah, industry. See what he's done, like Cameron B W. This is a nice one to end on. Um, West is best, right, Kath? Correct. <laughs> I love WA, and it, I, as I said before, the older you get, the more you appreciate it. Beautiful part of the world. We've got it so good. I think West Aussies are nice, down to earth people as well. Um, so yes, West is certainly best. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on Back Chat, Kath. We appreciate your time. You've been incredibly generous. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on. No worries. Uh, West Coast. I mean, the West Coast, not the Eagles, just the West Coast. Oh, this is, this doesn't is re- that annoy you when people say the West Coast? The West Coast. Mm. Drop the the. Correct. It's just West Coast. West Coast. This is a West Coast podcast. Backchat double underscore. I know you follow us, Kath. I don't know if you do, but you should. Hello at Backchat Podcast. You can send in some emails if you want. Hello at backchatpodcast.com.au. A big thanks to all our Patreons, our patrons. We love you. I know I stuff it up every time. Every time. You support us. We're going to support you. Get over there for some discounts to our partners. Whippersnapper Whiskey, Blue Bet, Margaret River Roasting Co., Shelter, and Leadable Cameras. Backchatpodcast.com.au. We're done, Kat. Bye-bye. Oh, I didn't get your cliche. Have you turned it off? Oh, I was going to say, I didn't, see I didn't... ya, wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. That's staying in there, by the way. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.